0: It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Wiener. It's a 77 WABC Debate Heavyweight Slugfest on New York's News and Talk Station 77 WABC.
1: So, Anthony Weiner, uh, Sean Puff, Daddy Combs, saw it coming right down the middle, that lawsuit with all the details. Remember, when people file lawsuits, you got to understand, newspapers print it word for word. They don't dissect, bisect. They don't say, well, this is true. We'll have to sort of um, morph this down. The way it gets submitted, that's the way it gets printed in the tabloids. And then it went viral. And it suggested that Sean Puff, Daddy Combs, had actually transported male prostitutes across state lines, which is a violation of the Man Act, which is why Elliot Spitzer resigned, as that was a federal charge, uh, for the purpose uh, of uh, watching this woman who was suing him have sex with these guys, filming it and pleasurizing himself. He had Benjamin Brantman in the morning say, an absolute outrage. We look forward to dealing with these scurrilous lies in civil court. By the time I came on at night, 12 minutes, settled. Uh, We're on an agreement. How many millions have changed hands? We'll never know. But I think Sean Puff Daddy Combs got the shock of his life when he said, no, Ben, they can't be printing that. He said, my very dear client and friend, I've been representing you for many years. That's the way this business works.
2: I mean, also, you got to give him credit for just getting out of the way fast, though. You, you, it makes you wonder, I mean, if you're gonna read between the lines, he didn't take this woman seriously when she said, I'm gonna sue you if you don't come across with some money. And, and you're exactly right. And it's, by the way, it's true also in the Donald Trump stuff and everything else. Indictments are just one side of it, and in a lawsuit, the, the original filing. That's why you'll notice if a good lawyer who's used to dealing with cases like this, he doesn't write a lot of legalese. No. They, they write it like it's a press release. They write because, it for the
1: tabloids, the right. Daily Mail, exactly. the New York Post, the Daily News, and then it goes viral. And so everything in the complaint gets published. The perception publicly is, oh, my God, what a monster you are. This guy is on the cusp of being another rapper who's worth a billion dollars with all of his ventures. And I think reality here is like, hey, this is going to cost me millions and millions of dollars
2: but this can destroy my my entire thing this whole thing that i've built up you know but i and i know we're in this i know we're in the in the mode of believe the women and everything else but another lesson you can read from this is is a pretty quick turnaround from filing a document that says outrageous things to getting a check and i know that i want to assume the best of people but and i i don't know what was going on here obviously but it does kind of send the lesson that if you have a smart lawyer who writes a pretty good a pretty good civil case you know, it, because on both sides, what's the lesson? The lesson on the P. Diddy side is settle quick or don't let it make it to the papers. The lesson on, on, on the woman's side is listen, you can go nuclear pretty easy and, uh, and, 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 and have it go your way. That's why so few of these things actually become court cases. That was the fastest turnaround
1: of any civil lawsuit I've ever seen. And i bet you it was Benjamin Brampton who's been around a long time who said, P. Diddy, it ain't worth it. This woman probably has the goods. Don't even, it, it, yeah, you're gonna, you might end up losing a lot of money. It's worth giving it to her. Uh, we have an agreement. She goes her way. You go your way. You never talk about it. She never talks about it. Everybody walks away in good shape. Speaking of walking away, did you see what happened on Wall Street? Nobody's paying attention to this story. All the cannabis stocks hit rock bottom. Because the main guru of using marijuana, smoking marijuana, doing everything with marijuana, putting it in your food, your gummies, uh, in your cakes, your bake, uh, your baking, your pies. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Although what happened to Snoop Doggy Dog? He used to be Snoop Doggy Dog and then he became 50. AARP announced just <laughs> Mr. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> announced on his Instagram. He's done. I'm not smoking any longer. This is a personal matter. I discuss it with family and friends. Please
2: don't bring it up anymore. Guy's gone cold turkey right before Thanksgiving Day. Well, he has smoked so much pot, he probably forgot he used to smoke it. He has no idea. Hey, you know, there's. Imagine it causes all the stocks to plummet. Yeah. All The, the, all the cannabis stocks. Hey, we, you know, you and I have talked about it. There is so much we don't know about the long term effects of smoking marijuana. I know everyone – it's very fashionable now and like, oh, it's it's harmless and it's not as bad as alcohol or whatever else. But they're a long-term it, – it, I have no doubt it's a gateway drug. I have no doubt that it leads to cognitive impairment. I have no doubt it's addictive. And all of these things, I mean, who knows what, what is going on in Snoop's life, but you're exactly right. The combination of the state's experiments to legalize it not being terrific successes, including here in New York, which is probably in the worst – and also the fact that, you know, it's lost some of the sh- the shine has gone off, off the, the bl- bloom has gone off the rose or whatever the expression is. But yeah, I, I did see that both on the, on the retail side and in the, in the cultivation side. All these companies that thought they were going to see the promised land with this product, you know, they lost their spokesman.
1: Willie Nelson is saying, I don't understand what's up with these young huckleberries. First, Woody Harrelson gives it up. Now all of a sudden, Snoop Dogg, you can't keep up with him. He is 90 years old. Yeah. And he smokes, as he says, religiously every day uh, with Jimmy Carter in hospice, his wife joining him. Boy, how he's held on, Jimmy Carter, I don't know. But I remember Willie Nelson told the story that he had smoked marijuana on a visit to Jimmy Carter in the White House. And he said he shared it with one of the uh, servants, uh, one of the, the uh, service personnel. Shared the pot or shared the story? No, no, shared the pot. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Carter, you know, I, I hated him as a president, but the guy, said, I cannot lie, it was my son that he was smoking it with. That's funny. He gave up his own son. That's funny. But can you imagine if Jimmy Carter were lucid now, still able to comment on the Middle
2: East, Israel versus Hamas, you know whose side he'd be taking? Well, he he was the worst. I mean, look, you don't want to speak ill of him because soon we're going to be... Seeing all these stories about what, are, and and he was a great former president, no doubt about that, but his he was the worst president for Israel we ever had. Why do
1: you think that was that he had such a visceral dislike? Here's my Israel?
2: here's my thing, my thing. You know, he was big on human rights and everything else, and he just had very little historical context for it because of where he came from. I think Ronald Reagan was an excellent president for Israel because he came up in the labor movement in, in, in Hollywood in California going to bond breakfast as part of his regular thing. Jimmy Carter never had any cultural connection where he came from Plains, Georgia and everything else. And I've told the story before that when I got to Washington, I was really impressed by the way that a lot of guys who had no experience with the Jewish community were very fervent advocates for Israel. And I took it very seriously as part of my job is to help some of the new members. But a lot of these guys, they, they their Christianity, was what led. Reading the book of Exodus is what led to the support of Israel. Jimmy Carter never had that. He always, in his writings and in his speeches, always looked at the history as if it started today. And seeing the powerful Israelis and the weak Palestinians and, and his notion. Now, the Camp David Accords were signed by him, though. So in fairness, a big peace deal was done. But the, the example of, of Egypt and Israel Jordan and Israel and maybe the Abraham Accords. But there really hasn't been that kind of effort around that has been successful with the Palestinians. But no, you, you're you right. He would be marching in the front he'd of He'd be having rallies. a
1: kafia on, a For shmata sure. on his head. He'd take you yeah. off the Atlanta Braves cap. He'd have the shmata on his head. He'd be waving the Palestinian flag. I can never figure that out because he was the first evangelical president in the United States. Jerry Falwell at that time acknowledged, yeah. He's a truly evangelical, but sort of like, uh, within the Catholic Church, there's like liberational theologists. Those who have a more progressive and liberal viewpoint of what the scripture is about.
2: Well, he's, he's Baptist, right? Yeah, Southern yeah. Baptist. Southern Baptist.
1: Oh man, hardcore, yeah, it was tea- But
2: by the way, in, in, in his defense, He's a religious guy in the old school way that he believes and acts like, you know, his yes. Habitat for Humanity, goes to church, well, led his church group. He ratted his own son out. Yeah, he yeah. said,
1: I realize that um, uh, Willie Nelson is protecting my son. But it was not any of the guys who work in the White House that he was sharing, uh, you
2: know, a joint but, with. It was my son. Well, how about this for how times have changed? Remember the kerfuffle that was caused when he was interviewed by Playboy magazine? Yes. And expressed that he had... Lust in his heart or something like that. Like his standard for infidelity was not the act. was oh, even just thinking the about it. <laughs> just the thinking that's about a it. hardcore evangelical because <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the way they believe. Just right. the
1: thought. It's the Michael Pence of you. Remember? <laughs> Mike Pence, when he took meetings, and I'm sure it's still true, if a female is part of the meeting, right, in his office, his wife is there. Right, right. I mean, that's hardcore. Right. But anyway... um Uh, That's where we stand in that regard. But speaking of the Jews and somebody who really loves the Jews, it's Eric Adams, the swagger man. Because right after he announced that he was putting together a legal defense fund to pay for all of his legal bills for these many investigations that are transpiring that involve uh, people in and around him and may eventually involve him, he uh, decided his first trip would be to the... um, Upper East Side Synagogue, right on 5th Avenue, I think it's 61st, 62nd. Gave a rousing speech in support of Israel. Uh, By the way, the new guy that he is appointed to be the trustee of this legal defense fund. Ashkenazi, right? Ashkenazi. Yeah. And as he looked out into that sea of faces at that synagogue, not many Sephardics, lots of Ashkenazis. Please, let the good times go. I need money. And I know Jews... The checks don't
2: bounce. All right, take it easy now. Take it's it true. E- take it with with the uh, the Jews and the and the lawyers and the checks don't bounce. First of all, we have a a, a a a dramatic and discernible rise of anti-Semitism in our country and here in New York. I'm glad he went. He said some good things, and more power to him.
1: All right, so let's look at Mr. Ashkenazi, who hasn't been active in politics since John Lindsay. Yeah, he's been around a while. Though. He owned Louie's. He's owned a number of restaurants. Now, your brother own restaurants, right? It still does, right. You know that the restaurant industry and bar industry, be honest, Anthony, always keeps two sets of books. The books that the tax men and women will see, and obviously the books as to what you're paying under the table, uh, under the radar screen. I mean, it's the most notorious business. Not for anymore. That. Not anymore because everything's
2: everything coaching. everything's online now. All the programs are automated. Every order goes into a system and out of system. There's no longer dupes that you're leafing oh, through I feel, and I everything. Feel so else. much better. Right? It you're is, about the restaurant and bar it industry is now now it's all cleaned up now if you're going to get a fire inspector (laughs) (laughs) they don't do (laughs) things if you're going to get an inspector if you get a health inspector you want to swap a b for an a then maybe let me ask you this i understand why
1: the mayor's putting together a legal defense fund he's got problems yes i know more than anybody else but i'm not at liberty to say everything i i let it out in drips and drabs i lead and oftentimes the news cycle follows but he originally said, I'm going to use my campaign fund. He already has $2.5 million socked away for reelection because he's been constantly fundraising and all of it is subject to the match. He, he is bought into the match. He doesn't want to right. do it independently and autonomously. But all of a sudden, within hours, he decided, nope, I'm going to set up a separate legal defense fund and start raising money. Now, this is where all the problems have come from, raising money. With a guy named Ashkenazi, who claimed the famous, I own Luchow's, I'm but a restaurant to tour, do he's it to the see. trustee. There's no other way to do How it. How about Price Waterhouse? How about a major accounting firm? No, no, first of
2: all, all right, here's one. Who is your treasurer in your campaign?
1: Who is my treasurer? It's a guy named Anthony out in Staten Island.
2: Yeah, I mean, the treasurer is a figurehead. Well, well what are you
1: looking at? Because he's Anthony. What are you immediately implying back there? <laughs> it's
2: a guy. Vinny Bag of Donuts. Yeah, well,
1: well, what's going on here?
2: Listen, there's no other way. You know this, Curtis. you know There's no other way to spend money on your legal defense and ask people to give to it. You can't use campaign funds for that. Campaign funds are only for the furtherance of your election, okay? This is not a furtherance of the election. Is this an administrative cost? It really isn't.
1: I can make the argument that it is because if he gets indicted... And if he's sitting there as mayor and they come to him and say, look, we're going to make you a deal that, but then that you won't walk then away from. Then
2: it's taxpayer dollars defending him in a, in a criminal case. That's not why the, papal, the people gave him this money. You do
1: realize that de Blasio, when he was on the ropes, when Preet Bharara, the U.S. attorney, had him on the ropes for a while, he at first said, I'm going to pay for it with private money. You know, if necessary, I have two buildings on 7th Avenue and 11th, uh, one that his mother had lived in. She had passed away. So he... Technically, had his own building that he, he didn't really live in at that point. He was a Gracie mansion. He rented it. And the second building, so he was prepared to sell one of the buildings. Then all of a sudden, he announced, oh, no, I see that I can actually use public
2: funds to defend myself. No, no, he didn't use public funds. He went and said, let's set up one of these committees. This is a nope. real... No, no, check I it. I thought he did. Check it. I thought he was No, the it was first. right
1: before July 4th, I remember. He dropped it on a Friday... Before the Travis Fourth of July parade, the annual parade, Fourth of July parade, longest in the nation in Staten Island. And it was, uh, it was
2: at a time that obviously nobody was paying attention. But here's the pro- here's the, just so we can be serious about it. Here's the problem. That we set up this campaign matching funds and we say to the citizens, all right, we're going to take some of your tax dollars and we're going to give it to candidates. And the benefit you're going to get from that is they're not going to be beholden to rich people. They're going to be beholden to us, the taxpayers. Your, your contribution is you're going to go out and talk to people about it. All right. So if we're going to do that, are we going to say to people, we want to give it to candidates who are then going to defend themselves in criminal proceedings? That's not running for mayor. So then it becomes, all right, well, where's the well, money going well, to come from? Well,
1: if he's in jail, I mean, come on, let's face it. He's not going to be able to run for mayor in jail. Although
2: that did happen I, don't, I, actually, I years I actually, away I actually in He probably could get away with it. But, <laughs> but it, by the way, I have a question. I know <laughs> oh, we do oh,
1: one quick note. You know, we don't have a correctional uh department chairman.
2: We have nobody in charge of corrections. We don't have a commissioner uh, enacting, no, at least? We no, he, he stepped out. Somebody so,
1: must be. And by the way, the U.S. attorney has stepped in and said he wants the feds to take well, over. Well, that's,
2: that's the thing. The, the tell to me, and I have been steadfastly against this because I don't believe in giving up city autonomy to the feds under any circumstance. I think we would never think of doing it if Donald Trump was president. We wouldn't say that's a great idea. We shouldn't do it if it's Biden. But putting that aside... The best tell for me, when Molina left, um, left corrections and went to City Hall, they're like, "All right, he's getting out of there, so that he's not, he's not there when the feds come in yes. to storm the place." Exactly. Yeah.
1: No, they're going to take it over. And if you notice, the mayor and his staff are so distracted with all these other things going on, they're not even addressing that. Also, this concept that with all of this going on, you're only going to do one press conference a week where you take off-topic questions. I mean, it it makes it look like you're guilty, like you're trying to avoid having to deal with these questions. Yesterday, Corporation Council, which has been defending him at these press conferences, indicated we will no longer participate in deflecting for the mayor, meaning taking the answer. He's got to have private counsel to do that. So they don't want to get involved in this any longer. It's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. He's getting more and more distracted. Anthony, you cannot have a mayor who only once a week takes questions.
2: I don't know. I mean, I would do it differently. I don't like, you know, here's the, the atmospherics of you sitting there with five or six of your top brass. A reporter stands up and says, Mr. Mayor, did anyone else in your administration have their, their, their electronics seized? And the mayor is mum, quiet as a church mouse as someone jumps in and answers the question. I think the the visual of that is the opposite of I'm taking ownership and I'm running the city. Now, on the other hand, These reporters, frankly, if every single event that you have to cut any ribbon or cut anything is asking you about the same question, I I see why they want to get it under control. I would do it very differently, to be honest. Yeah, but you you have to. It
1: it doesn't look good optically. When we come back, once again, WABC quarantined me. I was not permitted to come out of the podcast studio during the week when Eric Adams was a guest of the realtor who does a podcast here every week, uh, Suzanne Miller. She had done Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, the week before. She did uh, uh, Eric Adams at our studio, 77. She'll be doing George Pataki, I think, next week. When Eric Adams came in, I was forced to stay in the podcast studio. With a bucket. Uh, Dan Herschel put a bucket in there. He said, you've been locked up many times. You know what this is. <laughs> and he stood in front of the door. I was locked in until Eric Adams had come with his entourage, did the interview with Susan Miller, and then left, and then Susan Miller comes out and says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but we had to keep you locked in. I could have been at that PAL luncheon yesterday. The speeches didn't start until after 1. I was off the Rip and Read at 1 o'clock, and I was told, you don't leave the studios of WABC. As far as we are concerned, you cannot come to the Harvard Club because you're a high school dropout. What kind of a... What kind of an answer it's is true. that? I can't come to the Harvard Club to see the mayor speak at the monthly POW
2: luncheon because I'm a high school dropout? Yeah, it's totally unfair. I, I on the other hand, at the Harvard Club, I was welcome because I went to the Harvard of Clinton County, New York, yeah, Plattsburgh yeah, yeah, State okay. University. Well, when we
1: come back, you got to tell me what the mayor said. And then I want to play you a cut of Michael Mulgrew. The UFT said this has nothing to do with the migrant issue. And also, State Senator Ramos, who said, "Go to Washington, get some money, Eric."
2: And I have a qu- and, and I have an issue for you. Yeah, what yeah, would yeah. happen if Eric Adams stepped down tomorrow? What would be the process oh, to oh, refill oh, it? Oh, 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 oh. Wait. That might not be that good.
1: That would mean Jumani Williams. No, no, no,
2: it would be Mayor Andrew Cuomo. If you're to believe uh, whatever magazine. That
1: I I would welcome Vanity
2: Fair. I would welcome that battle anyway. On your place to be.
1: Look, we've already hit like half a dozen issues. It's not even half hour into Left versus Right. This is your place. You need to be WABC. Ten years from now, we'll still be on top. Yo, I thought I told you that we won't stop. We won't. Now, what you gonna do with a crew that got money much
0: longer than yours? In a team much stronger than yours. Valet me this to be your day. We don't It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight King Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Wiener. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest.
1: So I had two opportunities this week, Anthony Weiner, to approach Mayor Eric Adams and ask him, why does he still have the burner phones after the FBI took away his phones and gave them back to him three days later? Why is he still using burner phones, which I've been saying regularly here at WABC. In fact, Sid, when I said it Tuesday morning after his uh, phones were taken by the FBI outside of NYU, Sid was trying to text him, was trying to call him, as he regularly doesn't realize, hey, he's got burner phones in can
2: you? Can, can, I, I just do not under... I have been listening to you, and I listen to you religiously. You've been going on about the burner phones as if he's a drug dealer. They seized his phones. So, yes, he probably was communicating some way. He's running the city. And then they gave him back his phones. What is this burner phone obsession well, that you he's have? he's
1: not using the phones he got back he's still using the burner phones the burner phones are harder much harder to trace you get rid of them within a month's time it's not only what drug dealers do
2: i i am i i am willing to wager that the mayor's communications official communications have to be preserved am i right you you ran from mayor. I'm pretty sure they have to be preserved. So whatever phone you're doing it on has to be preserved well, anyway.
1: Well, they don't have blackberries anymore. That's what the Cuomo uh, Cuomo used this to do. This burner
2: phone thing. Look, let's just clear the air here. Let's yes. just let's just clear the air. This is I know you do. You're always we're always broadcasting Curtis around here on the weekends. You got a lot of ground to cover there. If if tomorrow there looks like there's going to be an indictment coming down, Adams will step down as well. yeah.
1: Yeah, you think.
2: The next, you well, I think that'll it probably right. be what happens. Okay. The next thing that happens is the next in charge this Jumani Williams rises okay, to become ahead. very temporarily. Then the city charter says within, I want to say 90 days, there's an election.
1: Chris, 16 and 90 days. And Jumani Williams must set the date in the first 72 hours that he has taken over the office. Okay. okay.
2: My now, police. I have this question. But but he, is, could,
1: he could destroy this city in six days. <laughs> That's
2: probably right. However, but now let me understand okay, this. Okay. Is it a nonpartisan special? Yes,
1: nonpartisan. Remember, we had that for public advocate when Tish James uh, became Correct. the state attorney general.
2: Now, is it ranked choice?
1: Yes, it's ranked choice.
2: Okay. So there's no Curtis Lewis scenario. <laughs> I was
1: gonna say, what do you mean there's no Curtis Lewis scenario?
2: Well, there is no way. There is a way you win maybe round one. There is no way once they do the rank choice, like it's stacked against Republicans in this case. Now,
1: well, actually, nonpartisan is beneficial. Let me give you an example. I talked about the nonpartisan election that elevated Jumani Williams into the position replacing Tish James, who went on to become attorney general, because then the attorney General, Snyderman had to resign because he was facing potentially criminal charges. Right,
2: But that's the state. Okay. okay.
1: so. Uh, in a nonpartisan election, you're not running with an R in front of your name. Right. Big advantage. Uh, Republicans not, have advantage. Not for you, it's not a big well, advantage. Well, let me explain. You think
2: it might give permission to Democrats who arm would fall off if they are voted for Republican, but if they're voting for you on the on on the no immigrant or the you know or the fair government line or whatever right. you name or let's you make say up. say safe streets line. Safe right. streets right. line. Right. You think that maybe people like Fran Wiener might say, oh, "I would never vote for Republican Curtis Lee would, but independent maybe well, I'll think about."
1: It's it. It's a sprint. Remember, name recognition helps. Yes. Having gone through a previous mayoral campaign helps. I didn't come out of it tainted. Like, oh my right. god, right. that right. Nazi swan right. So the point be you have Jumani Williams, when he ran in the nonpartisan election, there were sixteen candidates for a public advocate, only one Republican, Eric Holridge. Jumani got thirty two percent, Eric Holridge got nineteen percent. But that
2: was before rank choice anything, right? Uh, That's correct. He, he basically got elected with only thirty percent of the vote.
1: Thirty two percent of the vote, correct. Uh in rank choice voting, I'd be more than happy to take my shots, but I really lust for what was talked about in Vanity Fair. I would have thought that Andrew Cuomo would have been 1,000% behind Eric Adams, would have said, I'm not even thinking about running for mayor in any kind of a fallout if Eric Adams is forced to step aside. He left the door open, as did Tish James. Oh, yeah, no, no, they're salivating. What is wrong with
2: your colleagues?
1: They don't even let a guy die in peace, give him a good eulogy. Oh, you,
2: you have chutzpah. You have chutzpah. You you basically bury him and piss on his grave every day. Of course, on the, every day on the but the I car. do it openly but, and publicly. First of all, there's no... Who's surprised at Andrew Cuomo's unbridled ambition? I mean, that's not a surprise. But I'm just trying to game this out. Two big names, Sliwa and Cuomo. Person three wins that race. Mm. So that would be Jumani Williams. I doubt it. Then that would be Tish James. I doubt it. All right. Well, wait a minute. These guys don't have to give up their seats, right? No. So in that case, it would be Brad Lander. Right. All right. I mean, he, he doesn't have the courage to run against in a primary. It'd be very interesting. Oh, I I, I look forward to it. I would probably run Just in that. I would probably run in that. Good, good. The more, the better for I me. I don't think you're right. The more, the better for me. I guess. Well, no, it's a ranked choice No, no, thing. I know. You're end. not going to get any Cuomo. Well, maybe you would. Who knows? Hey,
1: look. You might. Look, with you all might. those left wingers in there, let them beat each other up, knock them. Remember, it's a sprint, too. It's a very short campaign. Do you have any money left over? Uh, right now, they're going through it, right? Campaign finance uh, board is going through the money. Oh, you
2: haven't finished your audit yet? No. Oh, no. that's a killer. That it.
1: the audit is mostly focused on Eric Adams. Out.
2: <laughs> yeah, they were pre-activated. He, he had like $18 million No, my, my audit took forever. Yeah, forever. They raked me over the coals because yeah. I was in no... I think it was even when I was like about to leave to the prison, they announced... Yeah. What the, and rightfully so. Right, no, 100%. to one match. That's exactly right. They absolutely should go through everything, and you're going to have... You're going to get dinged up. They don't do audits yeah, to come course. back and say... Of course. You know, they gave me a hard time because I, I paid a dry-cleaning bill when I, cause I had suits that were kept on the back of my campaign Understood. truck, stuff, that kind of stuff. I, this is interesting. This is interesting. I, what point, you, uh, I saw that Andrew Cuomo was already polling. Yeah. Did you see that? He polls for everything. Yeah. He, I mean, he polls for everything. He's he, can't, but, for now, way, he's, he can't spend any of that state money for this. Right. I don't think so, No, but right? he could raise money quick. He
1: could raise money quick. You think?
2: You think there are people yeah, that still would?
1: Sure, sure. They're yeah. going to look at him like, hey... You know, he's a hell of a lot better than Eric Adams.
2: These real estate guys, you think, would kind of rally to him
1: before they. He worked for real estate. Remember, when he was out of government uh, in HUD, he went to work for a big realtor that he called a slumlord. Remember, he had a falling out with a guy uh, that he called a slumlord, and then he went to work for him, and they all love each other. I
2: think you'd be a better mayor than him. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, no the doubt. guy's run a big. He's run the state and everything else. Yeah, he's but a, he's so
1: he's got more. He's experience. so disconnected from the city. He really is.
2: Well, you both have temperament issues.
1: Oh, hell yeah, anger <laughs> management issues. Just keep the baseball bats away. Although, what becomes of his wartime conciliator, Joe Piccolo? It comes along. Who I mean, always kept him out of harm's way? What life. about
2: the other? What about the the woman who who we love around here? Um. Oh. Uh, oh.
1: What, what's her name? The, who has the
2: excellent book that's out now? The bestseller. Yeah, but it won't take
1: responsibility for anything that happened in the Cuomo administration. Uh, Melissa.
2: Melissa Dorosa. Do,
1: uh, no, no. But Joe Baccocco at parades. Since you always had the parades, <laughs> his job was to keep me away from Cuomo because Cuomo would go nuts when I'd be coming up to him. Did you ever see that movie? Great movie. Uh, king of comedy of course okay so you got the real Jerry Lewis playing mm-hmm. the comedian and then you got uh, de Niro you know this whacked out guy who wants to kidnap him and do his own hey Jerry you don't recognize me so every time I, so what's, I,
2: what's the woman by the way the com- comedian the woman with the unusual face the New York uh oh, I, I forget. her name yeah okay but so it was go best,
1: ahead so every time I would see Cuomo at a parade, I will walk up, go, what's the matter, Andrew? You don't recognize me anymore. And he'd be counting backwards, which is what they teach you in anger management class, <laughs> that when you, you realize your, your blood is boiling, right. start counting backwards. It's what Sean Puff Daddy Combs did after he conked that producer <laughs> with that champagne bottle and went to anger management training. You see how we conflated all yeah, together. Yeah,
2: we didn't conflate it. That's not the word you mean. But I'm um, guess, but for Coco, you can still, it was a little bit before the age of Twitter that, it, well, no, they had some of that. Pococco does this thing. He's a big guy. He physically inserts himself. Yes. He bumps you like he roller derby. When, when Cuomo was running against that woman from Sex in the City, whose name escapes me at the moment, Nixon. When, Cynthia, when Nixon. Cynthia Nixon, he would get in there, Pococco would get in and muscle between her at parades yeah. so that she couldn't even say hello to the candidate. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no
1: reason to do
2: that. I would, uh, my thing was always, we talked about this, I was the opposite. If I saw one of my opponents i go over, I'd say hello, I'd put my hand on his shoulder, I'd shake his hands, I'd let anyone take pictures with us together. I never let him of see course, me sweat. Of course,
1: because you always had an aide like Schumer taught you to hold up a sign <laughs> hanging right over your head. Your Anthony congressman, Wiener. Anthony Weiner, yeah. with a finger pointing right down like we didn't know it was you. (laughs) Same thing with Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer, your U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer. And there's a finger pointing down. Like, yeah, we know. it's With with the bullhorn. I I know. But but
2: you and and you with with your Red Chinese Army. Exactly. You
1: can't you can't miss me. Anyway, up next, this is really serious trouble. I'm going to play you two cuts. Michael Mogu, chairman of the UFT and State Senator Ramos. uh, They said two different things about these draconian budget cuts. I'm going to ask you what you would do if faced with this same dire set of circumstances. Because yesterday, um, you seemed to be making an appeal to rich people in New York City to help. Uh, they're too busy packing their bags and leaving, uh, joining the exodus, where it's a lot cheaper and the quality of life uh, a lot better for them south of the Mason-Dixon line. So you got to give me your overview here because... Uh, we can't judge. we're not the federal government. We can't print money. Unless first versus right. You see, that's why you got to listen. Anthony Weiner, who should have been the mayor, could have been the mayor, but his own personal problems uh, deep six them. And yours truly, who ran for mayor, right? We're about as close to this issue as you can get right here at WABC. So please don't try to fake this, but uh, back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'm a lad, I'm understanding from a young cheese perspective and before me they got a trick i have to find a contraceptive you never know she could be earning her man and learning her man and at the same time burning her man now when she burning i'ma chill for a minute because ain't no loving good enough to get burned while i'm offended yeah and that's realer than real deal holy field and now you hooked up and hoes know how i feel well if it's good enough to get from a proper chunk i take a small piece of some of that funky
0: It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest.
1: So, Anthony. Probably, I think, the worst headline to come out of all of this has been that we're going to be down to 29,000 cops in 2025, canceling five recruitment classes. Now, uh I don't know why you would have to announce that now. I think this is exactly what Eric Adams did, remember, in the summer when he had all the migrants outside of the Roosevelt Hotel sleeping outside on the floor for three days, and it was unnecessary. There was room in the Roosevelt. This was... He wanted the optics, like we're overflip, wanting to try to get money from the feds. It ain't working. And I think by announcing that we're, we are canceling five recruitment classes, why do you have to say that now, which would bring the total down to 29000 a draconian number? If you're in business, you're saying, you know, I, was, I had half my, my foot out the door now there's like no hope. Twenty nine thousand. Wait a minute. Co- what well, he
2: announces five? Cl- I've never heard that. Yeah, I've heard people canceling a class or no, you put five. it, or you move it back six months so it's in the next fiscal year. Right. That's great. Cr- so here's the conflict that all mayors have that they want to kind of shock people into realizing that it's safe, that it's serious rather. But the problem is always that New Yorkers' eyes glaze over. We're constantly. How many times? How many times has the average New Yorker heard, "Oh, they're canceling Sunday service at the libraries, or they're they're going to cut num- X numbers cops"? There's a certain phoniness about it. Look, we get it. The mayor's not wrong. This is a serious problem with the migrants. We're getting stuck with a lot of expenses. But you know, I mentioned this on my show. You know, I did some back of the envelope math based on the number of people that have come in. Why is it though that there that we are? that we are spending something like $139,000 a year per migrant. Now, it must be because, just guessing here, that all these contracts are very short-term, very emergency. We're paying a prime price or whatever it is. I bet you most New Yorkers, if you said, help us figure out a way to do this for less expensively, but um, I don't think that there's a lot of confidence in this administration in dealing with these budget questions. But they're not wrong to try to – Make it clear the migrant issue is costing us a lot of money. We hope we get some money from the federal government. You say
1: it's costing us a lot of money. Michael Mulgrew yesterday outside of City Hall, the chairman of the United Federation of Teachers, an organization you know well through your mother's uh, involvement with it for many, many years, he said it has nothing to do with migrant spending.
0: The financial problem, as far as we know, is completely fabricated. We've been involved with budgets forever. We see what's going on. The mayor said this is because of the asylum seekers. There is no, no
2: foundation. There
0: is no evidence.
2: Is he dense? Well, you know, he's not. He, he's not wrong in that the mayor keeps throwing out these inflated numbers That of like over the course of 10 years. It's going to it's not costing us five billion dollars this year. It's costing us a bunch of money, but a lot of the numbers have gotten kind of, he talks about how much it's going to cost over the next five years and things. Like you mentioned it yourself, they're going to delay a, a class five years from now to pay but, for no, this. No. Five separate recruitment classes. I know, but the classes that go into the academy, it's generally one a year. Yes. Okay, so we're talking five years. I think they're doing everything to inflate all of these numbers to make them seem
1: make that terrible. Two a year, two a year.
2: Is it two? Yeah, I thought so it was one per tw- fiscal year. By
1: twenty twenty-five, there will be, uh, according to their predictions, only twenty-nine thousand cops, which is dangerously low.
2: I know, you know, but every there's two schools of thought. On one hand, you say, "Look, I have my priorities: keeping the streets clean, people safe." Mean I'm going to take these agencies and I'm going to exempt them from the cuts. You can do that, but then it makes everyone else's cut smaller. The other school of thought is, yeah, everyone should feel that it's their problem to help solve this. Well,
1: well, State Senator Ramos, who has been thought, might challenge Eric Adams for the mayoralty on the far left. She is a proud member of DSA coming out of Corona Jackson Heights. Uh, she also was with her, with her group outside of City Hall screaming, hey, Eric, go to Go to Washington.
0: What we need is for our mayor to
2: do some serious strategic advocacy for our city and come back with money from the federal government. Oh, my God. That woman's an elected official. Yes, she wants to run for mayor. I know, but like you should do some serious advocacy. What is that? That's not a thing. I mean, yes, you should go, of course she should, but, by the way, she sounds exactly like AOC. She's yes, doing yes. a straight ripoff well, of AOC. Course, they're all acolytes. I mean, I mean, that's not leadership. Isn't she a state, a state, state legislator? Yes. So go bring us some money! You want to be my mayor? Go bring us some money from Albany. He should have some serious advocacy. Well, well, come on, he really—that's not serious. He really
1: can't go to Washington uh, at this point. <laughs> he's Afraid he's
2: afraid to get on a plane. He's exactly. got PTSD from the last time. Exactly. You imagine he's on
1: the plane. He did a Instagram update very quietly <laughs> before the wheels went up because you probably the steward of the stewardess said, "Mr. Mayor, you know, quick, quick message, but you got to put your phones away." And as soon as the wheels were up on the shuttle. The FBI launched its raid in Crown Heights See, on his, uh, his uh, fundraiser's Here's office, what you Brianna. should do.
2: You, know, you do these great Instagram Live and Instagram yeah. Reel things. You should do an imitation of the next one where he's like, don't tell the FBI, but I'm on the plane. <laughs> Please don't tell them because the last time – I mean, he really does. He probably has PTSD. He's never going to get on a plane okay, again. Now, let me ask you this because
1: the guy who was always able to find coins that fell between the, um, uh, the sofa the Chuck Schumer. He's come up with money for the tunnel between New York and New Jersey, desperately needed. He always seems to be able to come up with money as the majority leader of the Senate. But there's nothing here, nothing from Hakeem Jeffries. It just seems like no matter who the mayor would turn to in Washington, D.C., there's no money. And also now you have not only the ongoing uh, effort of uh, supporting the Ukraine with a request of $62 but Israel with a request of $14 billion. That would be an interesting question here. If you only had $14 billion to give, would you give it to Israel or would you give it to bailout New York City if we were on the cusp of going bankrupt? Well,
2: by the way, you, you forget, Joe Biden did have in his emergency supplemental Ukraine money. He had money for Israel. He had money for, for Taiwan. And he had border security money to help process the undocumented yeah, people. That was in there. Yeah. And your Nicole Malliotakis of the world... Is that the plural of maliotakis? Maliotakises? Then the co-maliotakises of the world said we're not even gonna bring it up because it's not real immigration reform. Yeah, right now the money we need is to process asylum seekers. The, 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 you say, well, why don't you just get some money for New York? Okay, so for Chicago too? And for Miami too? And for Texas too? Or do you fix the problem? Fix, fix the onslaught so there are fewer people coming in because we have actual hearings, we have them fast, and we turn these people around before they reach Floyd Bennett Field.
1: But you know, the perception is you gave it to the migrants and you took it away from us. That's the bottom line. I don't think, uh, he can survive with that hanging over his head. He Who's will the be he? thought, meaning Eric Adams. He, he will be thought of as the mayor who gave this store away to the migrants, had no way to fund the rest of government, and now he's taking from us, the taxpayers... And migrants have benefited, benefited
2: tenfold. I know. Look, the, what what do you, if you want to be a mayor of significance, you yeah. want to be the mayor yeah. when you have big challenges, whether it be September 11th or this, obviously no one wishes either of those things to happen. But you want, if you want to be mayor, it means you want to handle these problems. Yeah. Maybe he's going to get us through it.
1: Let's see. Yeah, we, well, first off, he cannot have these no bid contracts and there must be transparency. Nobody trusts him because if you say contract with Eric Adams, I say kickback. We I know, need but you can't know where the what, money
2: is going. I know, but ha- I get the transparency part, and part of that is Brad Lander has to. He has that database, and you can. And 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 I I know the the e lawyer that that you you use for this purpose. Yes, Nancy, Nancy, my, Nancy, my wife Nancy does has an been amaz- very good. Does an amazing job with this. But this these emergency type. We have rules for for concessions. We have rules for contracts. We have that take months and months and months and go through all kinds of different processes, and then you have emergency things, and the argument can be made. Hey, listen. This is now months going on now. You shouldn't be doing emergency spending, so it's 143000 per exactly. migrant. Exactly. And I think that's a reasonable thing. And I think if you run against Eric Adams, he might say, listen, I managed this as well as I could. Well, in, we, in month two, knowing what you know about Washington, knowing that every city under the sun could ask for care, what did you do to adapt to the new reality? And I don't think he's done a particularly good job, but he's not wrong that this was visited on him. But the problem that I have with Eric Adams is when you're the mayor of the city of New York, you can't complain that you got problems that Albany and Washington solved. One of the reasons you want to be mayor is literally the buck stops at your desk. Well,
1: also because he said, look, my friend is Joe Biden. I'm the Biden in Brooklyn. Look, I know Carl Hasty in the Assembly Speaker. Uh Stuart Cousins, we've been allies, we've been uh, colleagues up in the state legislature for for years. I know hoko I get along great with. Her. They, don't worry about it. Well, nothing, nothing has emerged from the, that. Listen,
2: here's the here's here's the uh, here's an imperfect but an analogy. Yes. Do you remember we got thirty billion dollars when G when B- W was president after September? Forty-three. That's right. Was it that much? Bushford. Anyway, where did that number come from? Chuck Schumer pulled it out of his butt. He's made up a number. We Because yeah, no one knew. Who knew at that Understood. moment? No one knew. But it was understanding the moment, understanding the zeitgeist, understanding that President Bush was at this 90% approval rating, that if he said it, it didn't matter what the Republicans in Congress said, and he was able to deliver. It's because of understanding, having the sekel to understand what's going on. Eric Adams seems to be one, one inch off of every pitch that has come his way, from overwhelming them to then over screaming about it on the upper west side about how terrible how unsolvable this problem is i hope now maybe he's getting his legs under him between now and election day is plenty of time but i think that that's saying being honest with the citizens of the of new york that's saying that look i'm not hiding behind anything you want to ask me tough questions i'm here here's the truth about what's going on and by the way as we cut the budget some things I am going to cut more than others because well, I think we have to have a You should city. know.
1: You should be proud of Eric Adams that in the midst of all these draconian cuts, he found $130,000 to replace himself. He hasn't been going out after midnight any longer ever since the FBI uh, hit his uh, treasurer in Crown Heights. No more Club Zero Bond, no more Consul Frito up in the Bronx. So he has appointed. A nightlife mayor. You you should be proud to know that one hundred and thirty thousand dollars, we have a nightlife mayor. He's given up the nightlife, at least up until midnight. Doesn't that make you feel a lot it, better?
2: I, I, but a lot of cities have that. <laughs> um, he is showing up at the police Athletic league, though. And what did he say? He gave some very nice remarks. I I I don't know if you do this. I still am like, hmm. I wonder, like that. If I would have been mayor, how would I handle this situation? Sure. Kind of, he addressed some of the el- the various elephants in the room. Obviously, not the big one about his legal problems. Some right. elephants of the room, some of the same platitudes that we hear at all the events. He was fine. The response that he got was was fine. Was I mean was was polite, and people seemed enthusiastic. did he get the
1: response that President G got out in San Francisco by <laughs> the Fortune five hundred uh, American so uh, poli- CEOs so poli- uh, standing
2: ovation. So politicians are very sensitive. Like when they're introduced, haven't we big an applause that yeah. I get? And um Mark Simone was the MC, you know. Yeah, voice. he wanted he wanted me for mayor, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure every day
1: on WOR he was saying uh, vote courtesy with yeah, the mayor.
2: And uh he was kind and introduced me and introduced David Patterson. David Patterson got a louder round of applause. But my view is the reason they do that is because he's blind and so we do it for ADA purposes. Of course, we clap of course, clap louder for him. But Adams was fine. Adams was fine. I mean my general thing about Eric is there's still a woe-is-me kind of element to when he talks about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Woe-is-me. I had a caller in during my show who's bad-mouthing New York. I'm like, we're going to be fine. I think when you're the mayor, you've got to have big shoulders. You've got to have a concrete chin. Let people take as many shots as you as they want. You can't seem detached from reality and say everything's fine. Look, we got some problems. We're going to handle it. And you, the you, the citizens of New York, are going to help because we're going to have to tighten our belt and make some sacrifices. His
1: problem is that uh, you say this was visited on him. He likes to say, "Hey, this was visited on me." He invited it. He he challenged Abbott. He called him a racist. He count- said, "I I can handle this as a sanctuary but city." Let's we do got the
2: count it. but only so much is coming from Adams. Let's do the counterfactual that he didn't says, "All right, I'm very concerned about this." You think migrants don't come to New York? Come on, that's just not. It's just a counterfactual. I don't buy. Did he say something? You are very concerned about things that he said. I think that things that he said were not pitch perfect all the time. But more importantly was how did, did this was an unanticipated thing that if you were mayor, or I were mayor, would be kicking our butts. But my view is the posture to have about this is we'll handle it. We'll handle it. Did he
1: put the tin cup down? It's getting sort of tired and old. I need money. Well, you can't do money. both.
2: You can't put the tin cut down and also not cut what we're spending. You gotta, you gotta do both.
1: Understood, you, understood. But if he's gonna keep Fortune five hundred companies here, keep them from fleeing, he better stop with this draconian. You know, hey, it's it's destroyed
2: this city because well, they he already ha- got one foot out the door. But well, he has to do a better. He has to make a better case for he's doing everything possible. Yeah. I think wouldn't cutting, you, cutting you know, cops and teachers and those like those should be the
1: last. Wouldn't reason. you like acknowledge that he's like? Manic depression. One minute he's on top of the world, and then the next minute it's doom and gloom. It's the end of the world. He, it's
2: like, man, just chill he out. He does not, I, so, that's my critique of him, is that he does not have a consistent footing of, I got this. Oh, we agree. On left versus right. Right here on your place to be,
1: WABC.
0: It's the left versus the right. In the right corner, it's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa. In the left corner, it's Anthony Weiner. And how
1: much uh, money did it cost P Diddy to have the quickest civil court settlement of all time? All all of the claims went viral yesterday. Benjamin Braffman uh, said, "We're going to fight this all every step of the way," and in less than 24 hours, settled. Settled.
2: Wait, to did didn't remember? is Bratman in, yes. in the civil case? Yeah. Because it was a civil case. Yeah, no, no, he was rep- he's represented him in everything. It was basically the same news cycle. In, in a way, his PR guys had it right. Like, let's get the heck out of it. Let's get out of the way of this. Let's make this a... And they did it. It was a news dump on Thursday night and then a news dump on Friday night, and you're done. Now, what do you do in your
1: party, the Democratic Party? There's a real split. It seems the younger people are more prone to be uh, pro-Palestinian in these marches the older Democrats, more pro-Israel, will this at all impact uh, the health of your party or is it going to cause problems for a long time down the road?
2: Look, I think we've had a problem with our left, and with Israel young people for a while. I think it's been exacerbated by the the government in Israel. But it's not dissimilar to your party. Your party has a problem with Russia. You have an increasing number of of Republicans who are apologists slash touties like the Tucker Carlson's of the world. And, and I think a, a lot of the more mainstream Republicans are like, listen, we're we're the tough-on-Russia party. So both parties have fissures around foreign affairs. I think, by and large, Republicans are not going to vote for Biden. Democrats are not going right, to vote but for Trump. The
1: only issue that's brought people out into the streets, the Ukraine didn't bring people out into the streets on both sides. This Israel situation with the Palestinians in Gaza has brought them out a lot and will continue to bring them out, I think, as long as this conflict continues so it's gotta it's gotta take its Maybe. toll on I the mean,
2: Democratic Party. People being out on the street did I mean Black Lives Matter brought people out on the street and there were a lot of centrist Democrats who didn't like the the defund the police, that kind of stuff. But they
1: were all out there, Black Lives
2: Matter. At there the was Capazio, the there was Eric Adams. Trump v. Biden's gonna bring everyone back to their corners.
1: You really do think so. I do, I do. You think the guy can actually I mean, did you see him on that stage there with the gathering in San Francisco, Joe Biden? Didn't he
2: call she a dictator? There you go. Yeah. yeah. No cowtowing, not like not like uh, you're, See, not sec- like Trump. His Secretary of State
1: was like, what? <laughs> he vomited his mouth. <laughs> what? What did you say? Oh, my God. So you think he's going to make it to a campaign, boy. I hope they have a lot of vitamin B12 for him. A uh, lot of stuff that JFK used in his uh, waning days of his campaign against Richard Nixon to proved to be not vitamin B12, but speed. Anyway, that's left versus right. You don't want to miss me tonight because I'm going to go the whole nine yards from 12 midnight to 6 in the morning. I'm going to fill in everything we couldn't address in just one hour.